0: Welcome everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at BurntOrangeNation.com. We'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on the Burnt Orange Nation podcast feed, where you can find and subscribe on any podcast host you like, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, we are there. You can check us out, and again, leave us a rating or a Review. I'd also love to remind you of an incredible opportunity to support students in the Houston area that want to attend the University of Texas. The Texas Texas Spring Gala is coming soon, Saturday, March 23rd, from 6 to 10 p.m. at River Oaks Country Club. That event is going to be honoring Roger Clemens. There will be a Q&A session, and Bill Worrell will conduct it The Silent and Live auction is going to have some incredible once-in-a-lifetime experiences. There's a heads-or-tail auction game, bourbon in bubbles, pole, and many other fun games. Again, all the proceeds are going to go to benefit scholarships for Houston-area students to attend the University of Texas. You can find more about that and purchase your tickets at Well, My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by one of the most ludicrous hosts in podcast history Kyle Carpenter Kyle how are you
1: man I am more jacked than Jordan Whittington's biceps I am uh, I'm having a good one I actually just uh, just confirmed uh, after news came out that uh, one Luda Chris will be performing after Texas spring game that not only will I be attending the game but fiance has given the go ahead I will also see Luda Chris live um, party like it's you know the late 2000s um, when everything was better Uh, but yeah I'm I'm Fantastic, man. How are you?
0: So you're telling me that Drew said yeah to get back to Austin to act a fool, not all around the world, but maybe just in Austin, Texas, in a specific area code there to have a good time at the Forty Acres.
1: Hey, man. As 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 Luda once said, I'm a perfectionist, so I always feel there's room for improvement, my boy. Um yeah, I. Uh, I mean, he also said just because someone has an extremely sexy voice does not mean they are extremely sexy. But he is a man of many good quotes and a a perfect uh, way to celebrate what's going to be a fantastic spring game with some some horns who are uh, who are gonna who are gonna make it uh, make it a real exciting weekend.
0: Now, caveat to Kyle's caveat is. Our sexy voices do mean we're incredibly sexy. We've got a lot of stuff to go over with you today. The Texas Longhorns, surprise, surprise, missed the NCAA tournament. After losing to Kansas in the Big 12 tournament to fall to 16-16 and 16 on the season, a less disappointing result, Texas baseball won their weekend series against Texas Tech. So we've got a little bit for you about that. Spring practice is in full swing. They're back in pads, so some updates there. And obviously, we'll catch you up on all the goings-on in the 40 acres with the newly renamed... Downing the 40. So, let's jump in and talk about this basketball team because let's just go ahead and get the bad news out of the way first. So, like we said, Texas lost to Kansas in the Big 12 tournament. They coincidentally lost five of their last six games to Mm -hmm. end the season. Snoop Roach was out because of undisclosed violation of team rules. And to add insult to five other insults, uh, Jackson Hayes goes down with a pretty a gnarly looking knee injury no word as of yet what it is except that he will not play in the opening round of the National Invitational Tournament also known as the NIT where Texas is going to open as a 2 seed that's how yeah. much the NIT matters that Texas 16 and 16 is a 2 seed hosting San Diego State in front of 16 of the rowdiest fans in austin texas
1: <laughs> uh it is spring break and they also have to go up against the ut arkansas baseball game which i think the over under may be uh a, a good bet there on, on which one has more fans uh, i don't know how well san diego state travels um no this this is going to be interesting i'm i'm always like kind of passively a fan of the not in tournament tournament um i assume that's what it stands for i just uh It's fun because the stakes aren't there, and sometimes it's fun teams who play there um, who dunk a lot and shoot. Unfortunately, Texas isn't necessarily one of those teams, especially without uh, exciting freshman Jackson Haynes. But, um, you know, the NIT tries to make it interesting. Um, uh, Let me start there. So have you heard about the new NIT rules? I have not. So, well, some of these were started last year, but they're just, I don't, like, the way that fouls work is is completely different than the regular season about how bonus fouls work um like basically if you're well, like that's
0: unfortunate that jackson hayes is not going to be there to pick up three chinsy
1: fouls <laughs> no i think it's actually better um because of the way they work there's no more one and ones you just go straight to the double bone it's interesting but anyways the the biggest one for me actually is they're they're moving the three-point line back by a foot and eight inches, the same distance that they use for FIBA uh, for international competition, which is good for any of our future Olympians. Um, shout out to Doge Baubay. Um <laughs> who couldn't make a three-pointer from any distance. Uh, I thought you were
0: going to say NBA Europe is what I thought. Or not NBA Europe, <laughs> but
1: just League. Right, right. Uh, 22 feet. 1.75 inches which um, this is this is actually a telling stat and, and I'm going deep because uh, you know I'm ready for the NIT um, Texas was hot and cold from the three-point line uh, but they are playing one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. They were number three the uh, the, the San Diego State um, wait for the mascot for trivia um, the uh, the San Diego State team uh, they were number three at 41.5. <laughs> So um, that's interesting. That could either work out really well for us, or they could still be good from that distance and we aren't, and it could be bad. And this could be a very sad end to a sad season. Uh, but also they have the rule where the shot clock doesn't reset to a full 30 after an offensive rebound. So if we do get an Osikowski rebound and try to kick out and run a set, like there's probably going to be one of those Texas football, you know, delay of games after a, uh, after a touchdown that are so infuriated because people don't realize the new rules. So there's a lot of lunacy to watch. If if for nothing else, um, to make sure you tune in for this one.
0: This sounds like bizarro world basketball. Like, yeah. What like what is what is happening? They're just changing the rules. Yes. In the postseason,
1: they widen the free throw lane so it meets like FIBA standard. <laughs> like, I. I I don't understand unless they're trying to really, you know, bring in the uh, the Romanian markets, et cetera, um, to get to get that college. You know, forget the March Madness. This is this is Europe's postseason basketball.
0: Now, maybe if they bring like next year, if there's a couple of Greek colleges, then I'm all for it. Like, give me the (laughs) University of Greece and the University of, I don't know, any other random European country. And I'm grateful. Let's do that. Uh, Let's go international. Bucharest taking on
1: uh, Helsinki.
0: The IIT, the <laughs> International Invitational Tournament. That's, Let's do that.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to give you a little trivia because our mascot is actually entertaining. Do you know the San Diego State mascot? The Rabbit. That's right. I thought you might get that one. I just love it. It's a great nickname for both their football and basketball team. But the real trivia here, can you name either of their NFL Hall of Famers, and I say this with a bit of a caveat, one is still playing, but there's undoubtedly will be a first-ballot Hall of Famer.
0: Oh, uh, man. Um, I got nothing, man.
1: So, the one currently playing is Adam Vinatieri. <laughs> okay. Which is, which is interesting. And this one, maybe, depending how far you go back to the glory days, do you know the Dolphins center from their undefeated team as a, as a, a, stated Dolphins fan, not to put you on blast as a guy who played center himself and is a fan of the Dolphins.
0: Well, Kyle, my dad moved to America the year they went undefeated. Mm. So uh, that's about all I know of that undefeated season. Other than these old guys get together and pop champagne every year. That's fair. I've got very little knowledge of, of the center, that played on that team,
1: arguably the greatest center of all time, Jim Langer, uh, first ballot hall of famer, uh, joining Marino, Paul Warfield and Jason Taylor is the only dolphins to ever get that honor. Um, but yeah, I mean, truly like a legend of the game. He didn't Obama invited the, the team back to celebrate. I don't remember which anniversary and he was the only player who didn't come because we won't get into politics, but you know, nonetheless, he was real good, um, at, at blocking in addition to being a blockhead, but, um, but yeah, he was he was arguably the greatest center of all time. So it, it, the the Jackrabbits uh, can can turn them out in multiple sports. But this is the part that's actually inter- interesting to me. So ha- do you know Mike Dom like from you know upset picks in the, years previous? Yeah. Oh yeah. But, yeah. What's his nickname? You were about to say it. The Dominator. Oh, fantastic! Fantastically named Mike Dom. So. I realized, like, he played a lot and scored a lot for a lot of years. I did not until I was reading over his Wikipedia page and then subsequent Wikipedia pages realize that he is ninth all-time in NCAA points. Um, yeah, he's top ten, and he's only 24 points away from the seventh spot. So he can have a bad game against the Horns and end up the seventh all-time score in, in college basketball history.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot he was still playing. Like... He's one of those guys that feels like they've been playing since 1994.
1: Oh, and 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 he may have because I don't know that anyone watched the, the Jackrabbits before a couple years ago when they they started getting really good, like I think four or five years ago. So he could have been on the team in the 90s. Um, but they've been they've been like the trendy. You know, it gets a lot of people in those brackets the first week because you know five five over or 12 over five is like the upset pick. Uh, just a little help for all of you filling out your brackets. Um, but they. They were disappointing and they lost to Maryland in 2016, 74, 79, and then almost uh, had Ohio state early in that game, 73, 81 last year. So they, they're actually like a respectable program in recent vintage. So like we joke, but I mean, they have a guy who passed Danny Manning, Big O, Elvin Hayes, JJ Redick, Larry Bird, Psycho T and your boy Hersey Hawkins all in the same season for for points. So I mean like <laughs> you don't want to you don't want to mess with this team.
0: There's also a caveat there that the Larry Birds and the Elvin Hayes Big O would probably not have played multiple years in today's NCAA. Just going to put that out there as well. That's fair. But, no, I, I mean, this is a winnable game for Texas. And Snoop Roach will be back. Jackson Hayes, obviously, a big miss. Um, it may guarantee he gets another year in burnt orange. We'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, but I think the – I just can't imagine how embarrassed we're going to be a week from now – if texas loses this game like do we even talk about it like can can they fire shaka smart quick enough if texas loses in the opening round uh <sighs> to these to the south dakota state jack uh
1: no i mean th- there there's not a hair's chance that we talk about this game uh if they lose that's that's as bad as it gets guys don't don't turn this podcast off it'll get better um it, and in fact it's going to get a lot better because though this year's team is not great i Gerald said, how are we going to talk? uh, How many ways do we have to say we're disappointed in in this basketball team? And and I'm taking an entirely different direction. I wanted to give you a little history of Texas in Europe's most important collegiate basketball postseason tournament. Um, So... You know, the, the, the play-in games now have expanded the field to 68 that make the, the big dance. Um, so, ultimately, this this is the quest to be the 69th best team in the country. Nice. Um, this is <laughs> their first appearance <laughs> since 1986. Um, but a couple years before that, Texas won the dang thing. In 1978, Texas' only major national basketball championship. And before you laugh, it was actually kind of a bigger deal back then, the... the, the March Madness, the big dance was only 32 teams. So, you know, you could basically take anyone who's a five seed or lower um, and, and, and drop them, you know, drop them out, especially because you couldn't have more than two teams from a conference back then. So Texas was actually really good in 78. Like there's people, if you get deep enough on message boards, who will make the argument that had they made the actual tournament, that they may have had a pretty good chance to win that tournament as well they were 22 and 5 in regular season 72 in the old southwest conference um that was their first year in the drum in fact and they went undefeated at home um which is awesome uh, as we pre-
0: this is 40 year old basketball arena that's
1: right that's i mean we're talking glory days here um, but yeah, they uh, they lost in the in the tournament after they be beat him twice in the regular season, ninety two to ninety to U of H. That's just preceding Faisal Jamma, so a really good basketball program at the time. Um, and because they were the third Southwest Conference team at that point, even though they were a top twenty team, they didn't make the the tournament. So they go to the NIT, um, and they have a backcourt of Johnny Moore. Or if any of you've ever been, you know to a Spurs game. He's the Jersey uh, between Gervin and and David Robinson um, hanging in the rafters retired as their all time assist leader. uh, And they had a, a shooter named Jimmy Cravox who just uh, you know, they each averaged 18 points before the three point line and could shoot it from deep. Um, and, And basically let me just admit this whole thing was an excuse for me to talk about Abe lemons because we don't talk enough about Abe Lemons on, on, on this podcast or as a collective Longhorn fan base. So just, just go with me here, guys. So 78, that the coach, coach Lemons, um, one famous story of him was, was when he, uh, when he was in the hotel in the, during the NIT tournament and went downstairs to have uh, have breakfast and, uh, and looked at the, the menu and saw $5 eggs. Um, and, uh, which is a steal nowadays, by right. the way. Seriously. I mean, it's, we are millennials. I think technically, we, we will gladly spend $17 on avocado toast. Um, but, but back then, different era. Uh, and he, he asked the waiter, and, you know, the waiter said, is there a problem? It was a pretty nice hotel. Uh, and he, he said, no, no, just $5 an egg. I want to meet this chicken. You know, just a good sense of humor, but, apparently his program was not great like he graduated like three players in 15 years just not had some some, some issues and so young the dodds the the new newly hired athletic director made it one of his first big plays to fire the wildly popular with the fans uh abe lemons um and and, and even though he had like a winning record um had, had done some good things and like i said was very popular and and like i said this is why you have to appreciate uh, Lemon. So so he was he was quoting uh quoted as saying um <laughs> he he wanted a glass bottomed car so that he could see Dodd's face as he ran him over. Um and then added with what I <laughs> what I think is probably my favorite line of anything related to I don't know, just anything, Texas in general. Um, he said, I hope they notice the mistletoe tied to my coattails as I leave town. <laughs>
0: I have been a professional speaker for majority of my adult life and I've never been that eloquent.
1: Uh, it's beautiful. I mean, the guy, the guy was fired with a, with a 64% win percentage for a Texas team that he arrived at. That was nothing. He basically rebuilt the the program there in the, in the seventies and eighties. Um, and just to be that, that good at, you know, life and also, you know, your, your chosen profession, which is coaching basketball again, maybe not, Forcing kids to go to class, but nonetheless, uh, Longhorn legend now a part of the Longhorn Hall of Honor. Uh, they did rectify that, Coach Abe Lemons.
0: I mean, at this point, I'd take some guy skipping class if Texas can catch a couple of W's on on the hardwood. Uh, but speaking of catching W's, let's just let's just move on. We <laughs> we've talked a lot about a, a basketball team that I texted you and said I don't know how many more ways to say I'm disappointed. Uh, it wasn't. That simple, I got real frustrated. But baseball, the baseball team welcomed in the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We're not rivals. Clap, 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 clap. And defeated them in the weekend series 2-1. to one. So, Friday night, a 4-3 win. Cam Fields coming in with a pretty impressive save. Oh, yeah. Uh, Saturday, not as successful. Uh, Blair Henley pitched what I would probably call a gem uh, until that eighth inning. And then Sunday, late game heroics. They came back from a three-run deficit and managed to win four to three. Texas is now a top ten team unanimously. Number nine in the D1 baseball rankings. Number four, cracking the top five. That's too high. i
1: That's a bridge too far. I, I mean, they're very good, but come on, guys. If they would have you know, given Stanford a little bit more run for their money – but I'm definitely, they're a top 10 team and they, they still have, they can still get better, which is exciting.
0: Yeah. And I think the, again, out really Friday and Sunday, Saturday, I mean, tech got a really good performance from their pitcher, but Friday and Saturday, the, the bats and the pitching lined up again mm-hmm. where they didn't really against Stanford. Um, Cause like again, Texas benefited from a couple unearned runs on Friday, but they had to put runners in spots in order to capitalize on those unearned runs. And then Sunday, uh, I mean, the pitching is really the story oh, yeah. Sunday because, uh, Colby Kubitschek came in and it's like, Hey, um, I know you may not have been here very long, <laughs> but we just gave up a two run home run and we need you to close this thing out. And he goes three up three down to win the game for Texas. So like, That's clutch.
1: I mean, Texas pitchers are leading the Big 12 in strikeouts. They're also leading the Big 12 in walks and wild pitches, which shows you that they have young arms. I mean, when you have that many young kids getting the ball, they're going to shine so bright, but they're also going to have a learning curve. So that's why I say I feel like they can get better. The guy I don't think people are talking about enough is Cam Fields, who's come in. In, in eight games and just blown people away. He's pitched 12 innings has a .5A whip, which is like Pedro Martinez numbers. Again, 12 innings, but still. Pedro Martinez in the glory years numbers there with a 1.46 ERA, a couple of long three-inning saves. Uh, one win on the season has just been fantastic. Cole, uh, Cole Quintinney has also been fantastic uh, this year in, in relief. I mean, they have top of the rotation guys. They have back of the rotation guys. They have long relievers. They have situational relief. I mean, the bullpen makes this team excited.
0: You, you know who else led the league, Kyle, in wild pitches and strikeouts? American hero Ricky Vaughn. <laughs> wild thing. No, I just want to make a major league reference. Side note, major league best baseball movie. Don't at me. Uh, the I mean, the pitching... We had questions. Have those questions been answered? Like, that was the preseason talk. Like, the pitchers are young but talented. Have they answered those questions? Are those those questions still there?
1: You know, I'm not willing to sit here and say that, you know, everything is fine. But, I I mean, did anyone think Ty Madden was going to be this good? Did anyone think that Cam Fields would take the step that he did? um, Or Cole Quintanilla would touch 98 miles an hour and just, you know, absolutely – decimate people i mean the guys averaging like two strikeouts an inning um it's tough i mean did bryce elder look like maybe the best you know top of a rotation starter in the big 12 before the year no like we thought they would be good we looked at what we knew with henley with uh you know bo ridgeway honestly what we thought he might you know uh project into it's it's the guys who we didn't know what to expect from who are the ones who are knocking our socks off. And so, like I said, that's got me that's got me excited.
0: Yeah, and I mean a guy that we knew would be good but we didn't know he'd be this good. Another guy is Mason Hibbler sure. who was named the Big 12 player of the week. I mean, shortstop was was a question yeah. heading into the year. Yeah. And Hibbler's come in and performed admirably. Uh, I think that's that is a you know, that's getting lost in the talk of the young pitchers is that Texas heading into the season was kind of in flux after a freak scooter accident cost them uh, a major piece of their infield and, and Hibbler's come in and again is, is being recognized on a conference level for his performance. But the, the talk isn't necessarily as much Hibbler as I think it should be.
1: Well, I mean, I think Bryce Reagan has been a, has been an asset to this team and he's done well, but he, he, he has been a liability at that shortstop position for, for the level. If you're going to be a top 10 team, I think sliding Hitler over there basically showed something, unlocked something that again, answers some of the questions what have I said on this podcast the past few weeks, let's see how the arms hold up. If we can get consistency in the bullpen, let's see how, you know, defensive uh, issues, especially with injuries at catcher. And then knowing, you know what we have at shortstop, um, this is a pretty shrewd move by Pierce. And again, we only have one series, but you know, when you, when you uh, hit over 500 with, with five RBIs and four runs scored and go errorless against, you know, some tight margins against probably the, the second best team uh, in the, in the big 12 and in your biggest competition for uh, the conference championship. That's fantastic. Like what a, what a time to step up um, and, and, and be one of the, one of the kind of strong leaders on this team. So, I mean, I, it's pretty exciting and as Texas heads into the last part, the downhill part, it's not easy from here, but the downhill part of one of the most monstrous like schedules in any sport I've ever seen. 15 out of 17 games against ranked opponents. Like that's that's nuts. They're they're playing Arkansas it uh, for a midweek series who again is number 11 now that they knocked Tech out of that spot 17 and 2. Um it's tough and it doesn't get easier, but I'm feeling I mean the the train. If you're if you're jumping on this bandwagon, it's leaving the station, y'all. You got to get on here quick because it, it, it's about to be seats are about to fill up.
0: What well, we'll find out what this team is really made of this weekend. I think Arkansas coming to town is a good test, but Texas is incredible at home. Yeah, they are eleven and three at home. They're four and four on the road. Yeah. So I think they play really well in Austin, which you have to, you know, you have to protect your house if you're going to compete for a conference, but they're going to have to win a couple of road series to do so. So uh, they continue their run of the gauntlet uh, Tuesday, the day that you're listening to the 630 against Arkansas. Again, tickets are $7. So if you are in Austin, again, I say this to you, get to one of the two games happening tomorrow, either the NIT game, or the baseball game against Arkansas, maybe double dip. I think that NIT tip is kind of late. So yeah. hit up hit up the Arkansas game for the first six, seven innings, and then head over to the drum. It's not a far walk. You
1: can do both for a 20 spot. I think it's $12 and $7 are the cheapest tickets. So for a 20 spot, you can catch both games. You should, Why not?
0: You can get cash out of the ATM, the smallest amount of cash you can get <laughs> out of most ATMs, and walk away with change. And that fan-friendly pricing, heck I bet yeah. you can get a water and still not break <laughs> $25. Bucks. Uh, so, they again, Arkansas tomorrow night, 630. If you're not in Austin, catch it on Longhorn Network. And then they head to Funky Fort Worth to take on TCU in a three-game weekend series. And those will be on Fox Sports, Southwest Plus, whatever the heck that
1: Yeah. And and just because this is personally on brand for me, I don't want to look over the midweek game last week because Texas did my favorite thing in, in, you know, baseball slash softball sports that have bats. Um, They run rule Texas Southern who I went to the Texas Southern game. Uh, that was here at the at the minor league stadium in Sugarland last year in Houston. Um, and it was actually a closer game um, than I expected, uh, but they beat them 17 to three in, I think six innings. So um, you know, good stuff, Texas, Texas rolling.
0: So it wouldn't be a Longhorn public podcast without us talking about football that doesn't actually matter, <laughs> but matters to us deep down in our hearts. So spring practice, the guys are in pads. They're down to 12 practices now. Uh, some updates. So, to Gabriel Floyd. A guy who we thought would compete for that middle linebacker spot as a freshman. Has been a non-contact jersey throughout practice. Dealing with some injury issues there on the positive injury news. Keandre Coburn, who had been missing some time or expected to miss some time with uh, undisclosed kidney issues. Uh, is practicing in pads. He did not do kind of team contract drills, just individual drills. But the fact that he's back on the field is most impressive. But what I want to talk about... Um, is some defensive positions and Kyle, we can, uh, we can digest this a little bit. So, uh, the defensive ends that are working at number one, Roach and Graham, Yep. Taequann Graham and Roach. And then, uh, McCullough is starting at Rover. Tom Herman said he looks pretty natural at Rover, which is honestly something I didn't expect to hear out of Tom Hartman but I think Jeff the Shark is doing the most with the injuries that are at that outside position uh and then uh you've got BJ Foster starting at nickel these are the ones so BJ Foster at nickel Kobe Boyce Boyce and Anthony Cook starting with the ones with uh Dele Adeoye starting at middle linebacker so a youth movement yeah on defense other than other than Roach yeah those are some young bucks.
1: Yeah, and, and I want to talk about the young bucks, but one thing we haven't talked about in the offseason is just how big Roach had the potential. He, he explored his options to go pro. I'm glad he's coming back. I could see him having the Chuck Ominahu, I came back from my senior year, and it was validated. Just having a monster year. I'm, I don't know why I kind of secretly I think he is going to be the key that unlocks this defense next year because there's so much youth – around all over having a guy who's literally the heart of of that defense. Everyone loves him. Um, There's a reason, you know, the Tracy is a thing. Um, You know, he's, he's just like, he has the talent to put up a monster year and a guy that Orlando, you know, exactly like he likes can play in five different positions throughout the course uh, of a season or game. Um, And, and so I think, yes, absolutely young bucks, but I just wanted to, because we haven't talked about him so much so far we got time.
0: And yeah, we have time. And I think Malcolm Roach is one of those guys who both is a vocal emotional leader and a emotional cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Like he seems like the guy that can set the temperature. There's an interview with him uh, after the Sugar Bowl about you know just uh, playing in New Orleans and he had some really poignant things to say. Um, he's from Baton Rouge. He you know lived through Katrina and all that. So it's just he seems like a guy that can be a leader on that defense. Mm-hmm. Where Caden Stearns is not going to be your vocal leader. Uh, Brandon Jones may have a little bit of vocal leadership to him, but he doesn't doesn't seem like that guy. So I think Roach and and really having two upperclassmen as your as your bookends on that front uh is good especially as you're trying to explore what's going on at the linebacker spot
1: yeah i mean like you said that linebacker spot youth is not a bad thing um read gerald's fantastic article actually came out last week on, on burn organization about the upside in the linebacker room it was wildly informative um but you know the, the uh the the interesting thing is is These are young guys uh, who who we're talking about. But when you look at like a, like a Dele, he looks like, you know, a a 29 year old professional power lifter. Like he's, he's yoked. Um, You look at some of these kids, we talked about Whittington and McCoy, just looking like monsters, but you look at some of these kids um, and I call them kids, you know, who are some of the linebackers, even some of the D backs, like they look like monsters and, and, Yancey's still got, got things to say to them. Like that's, that's the scary part, man. Like I, I just, I feel like this could be something like these kids who are already just such incredible athletes. And that's not new guys. We, we know text football, but they just look different, like a different breed. And then you take one of the best strength consistent coaches in the country and allow him to, you know, Michelangelo and, and sculpt uh, art out of these guys. Like this could be real bad for, for big 12 offenses.
0: The defense is going to be young. Yes. But if this defense can live up to the talent, yes. they're going to be scary. Like with, with a capital scream mask, like they're going to be scary because you've got, and they're going to be scary for a long yeah. freaking time. Yeah. Because I mean, you've got shark. Who's a junior. You've got Graham. Who's a junior. And you've got Roach. Who's a senior. The rest of them. Well, Brandon Jones on the back end. True sophomores and red shirt freshmen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like this. And again, I'm going to come back to this too often. This is a team that lost to Kansas two seasons ago mm-hmm. in American football, not basketball, <laughs> football. And they have the defensive makings to be a, I'll just say it top 10 defense Ooh. for several years with the level of talent that's there.
1: I agree with you on the talent. I That's a hot take if you think that's going to happen this year. I'm hoping, Mike, and we'll talk about this when we get to our preview, but I'm hoping the offense comes out so strong and so fast that the defense isn't forced to carry – You know the other way around, but I think by the end of the season, when Texas rolls in, you know, for their playoff games, that the defense by that point will um, be—and that's not my official prediction, of course. Maybe um, will be will be monstrous once you know once these young pups. Maybe it's because I'm rewatching Game of Thrones, and I and I'm I'm right at the part where young Rob Stark is becoming a man. But I just think you give these young pups and even Caden Stearns, the young wolf, um, a chance to uh, to to grow into fruition, and they can be nasty as long as they don't get going into any dumb winnings. But, um, again, I think that's four weeks in a row, so we'll had to get that in there.
0: There's a whole other thing we can talk about. Uh, but the offensive line is also shaping up to have some interesting moves. So it's all with the caveat that Parker Braun is, is not on campus yet. But uh, J.P. Erdikez is working at guard while the – I'm going to call him legendary Rafiti is Is the number two center graffiti. Grimai probably one of the most overlooked players in that class. I think that guy has a very high upside and he could be a, I mean, he'll be probably a three year starter at center, which will be nice to have that level of consistency at the most important position on the offensive line. Again, don't at me. Uh, I'm really excited about this. The way this offensive line is going to gel together.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very on brand for you to, to be raving about the, uh, the Samoan guy. Um, you know, but that's fair. I don't think you're wrong either. But no, I I think you know we can do it. Once the football season gets closer, when we get in the uh, the, the the dark days of, of of needing content, we can we can go deep and just do an offensive line podcast and, and maybe size up each of their biceps, etc. But no, uh, I I think there's there's as we've said many times, there's some uh, some good things happening in the in the uh, the hosses department at uh, at Texas.
0: So moving on to our newly minted Downing the 40 segment, where we take you through the rest of the sports, not football, basketball, or baseball that are happening on the 40 acres. So, women's basketball had high hopes beginning of the season, uh, some injuries, struggles there. They come up with the number seven seed in the women's NCAA tournament. They're going to take on number 10 seed Indiana on Wednesday. They kick off their postseason after the men. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so they, again, they're a talented team that's dealing with some injuries that they have all year.
1: Yeah, and in you know, they they are certainly have more talent than a seven seed. They you know you you have to look at it. They've lost to teams that they shouldn't. But if if they can get kind of their mind right, even with injuries, they still um, should win this game. That the the problem is, is that their next game is is um, most likely unless something wild happens against the number the toughest number two seed in the, in the bracket in Oregon who uh, lost in the in the Pac twelve tournament or. Um, almost assuredly looked like a number one seed. They have the uh, probable first pick in next year's WNBA draft in Sabrina, uh, Sabrina Ionescu, which, you know, a fantastic um, name, but also averaged 19 and points, seven and a half rebounds and eight assists. Um, you know, just, just a beast uh, leading that team. So um, it's not an easy run um, if they somehow get past them waiting for them. Probably. The women South Dakota, South Dakota State Jackrabbits who are a six seed uh, but have won 16 straight and look like they could be a lot higher than people thought they might be a lot higher ranked. Um, so, you know, it's it's a tough road. It's unlikely, but, you know, it's it's March. Madness happens.
0: Well, the good news is that with a win over Indiana, they'll have more wins this year than Shaka has uh, in the tournament in his entire career at Texas. Uh, so the number one women's golf team, uh, they won. They did what they do. The Dennis, Donis Thompson Invitational at Hawaii, they were able to beat the Texas A&M She-Aggies, which is always fun to say.
1: Yeah, I don't think the Aggies women are particularly good, but they were at this tournament. And we beat them, so I wanted to just remind all our – I know we get a lot of our listeners out of College Station just because they think about us all the time, so I just wanted to remind you that you lost yet again.
0: Rent-free. At number eight, men's golf finished second at the Lamkin Classic in San Diego. Uh, again, golf – Doing really, really well this year, both the men and the
1: women. Yeah, Cole Hammer continues to look like you know a, a Jordan Spieth in the making. Um, freshman finished tied for first in this one. We already talked about him playing in the Arnold Palmer uh, Cup in a couple months. Just uh, you know, continues to have a fantastic season. He's uh, been first in in at least half the tournaments he's played this year. He's a uh, he's a real, real, real good at this golf thing.
0: Number two women swimming and diving. On Wednesday, so the day after you're probably listening to this, and uh, Saturday, March 23rd, they will be back in action for the Nationals. Uh, They'll be going for a uh, probably a record National Championship number, because at Texas, (laughs) we do the water
1: yeah and in in it's home um this this is you know it's not every year here um it rotates i think however many years between the the major swimming centers i don't remember when the last one was here seven or eight years ago but um it's it's basically a home tournament um so it's it's things are lining up well for them they have 10 swimmers and 20 events 10 uh for diving across the one uh meter three meter and platform dives so i mean it's um Stanford is going to be their biggest test as they've been all year and they're back-to-back reigning national champions, but they got to come to Texas and swim in our water. So I feel all right.
0: Head out to the natatorium. It's probably free. So you can go and hang out there. Uh, men's number four, men swimming and diving qualified 20 Count of 20 swimmers for the nationals. The most of any school, they actually exceeded the maximum. So Two of their athletes unfortunately will not get to compete, but still, congrats for them. That would be the worst feeling in the world to be a nationals qualifier and be like, oh, you guys are too good. Sit to.
1: Yeah, I, I I just imagine you know that's a good good problem to have for Coach Eddie Reese, but uh, you I guess you pick maybe the young guys who like you'll be back next year. Um, you know I I don't know I don't know how you make that decision, but that's tough. But they also did qualify nine divers over again those same three uh, events. So I mean they are they are stacked yet again, just like the women. Um, and and they come in at number four, so maybe a little chip on their shoulder, the reigning national champions four times over. So um, you know they'll they'll have some to prove in the in the i love it natatorium the the joe uh the jamael natatorium Lee and joe yeah.
0: Jamail natatorium so in kyle's weekly check-in on the softball team number 11 shut out tennessee in knoxville two nothing take that fake ut it was an incredible and i will just go ahead and call it um dominant performance in spite of the score
1: yeah i mean it's uh when when shaylen o'leary is pitching for the longhorns and this is the number 11 ranked longhorns but they're moving up the charge but when she's pitching she opened nine and oh as a freshman best start for any longhorn freshman ever and, and ut's had some fantastic and dominant pitchers um just don't even try like you might as well just just forfeit you know like she can't I once not but she, it doesn't look like you're going to beat her very often. Another shutout for her. Her ERA is like .38 or something really, really ridiculous. Also, RPIs came out, and they because their strength of schedule is so tough, the 18th toughest in the nation, they came in at number five in the initial RPI. So they are pretty much a top 10 program, no matter how you slice it, in the white mic era.
0: It's going to be fun, and if the softball team wins a national championship before anybody else. We'll just change formats. We will be a softball only (laughs) podcast. I will find people to come on and be experts for us. We'll just switch formats. Texas rowing named preseason number four heading into rowing season. Uh, Number eight women's tennis had a tough weekend falling to number 20 Pepperdine and number four men's tennis tennis in spite of head coach michael center uh being dismissed from the team after being involved with a college athletics bribery scandal avenged their only loss of the season dominating number one osu 4 to one
1: yeah avenging their only loss of the season uh this could launch the men's tennis team right back up to that number one spot or very close to it um the assistant coach is taking over and I hope that they don't lose any momentum. I think we decided we weren't going to make any center court jokes or, or jokes about how like Joe Flacco, we are considered elite. Um, so I'll just skip all of that and we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll close it there. People
0: are just mad that nobody wants to pay to get into OU, <laughs> but that brings us to the part of the show where we honor the best tradition in all of college athletics, big Bertha. And we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week?
1: All right, so because I went a little long on the NIT, and and because you know I basically just banged the drum for uh, an old lemon party with Aim Lemons, given the uh, the hilarious jokes, um, would you know gladly have a beer with that guy. But uh, you know, it, I'm going to keep this one relatively short. But I do want to give a shout out to the. The Longhorns in the NFL go in and secure in that bag. Um, there was a few who, who got paid real well. I'm hoping Chris Del Conte kept note of that in case he needs to uh, kick off some of those stadium expansion fundraising phone calls. Uh, you know who, who's got a couple extra million laying around. And one in particular, the one I'm most excited about is Earl Thomas. Um, and, and there's a few reasons. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm nominally at least a Ravens fan. Um, I don't watch a ton of the NFL, if I'm going to be completely honest. But if I do... I'm cheering for the Ravens. Um, and they've had some Longhorns. In fact, in that backfield, he will be sharing um, with Deshaun Elliott, who, you know, the Joker and I don't know what Earl's nickname is, but uh, Earl, which is all you need, Um We'll be back there and hopefully just wreaking havoc. Obviously, Justin Tucker, the goat, um, is also there, um, and the Cowboys didn't get him, which is hilarious. Or the Browns, actually, who were getting everyone this offseason. Uh, but dude got paid. I think he got thirty-two million guaranteed and twenty-two million of it, like yesterday. So um, he's doing all right, Chris. Again, if you hear me, call call Earl. But I mean, one thing I just wanted to say uh, is is Knive wax poetic about uh, Earl Thomas as one of the potential all-time greats um, at the safety position. Unfortunately, injuries kind of derailed, and and some disagreements with his coach uh, saw what was, you know, just a really fantastic. Situation at the beginning of his career in Seattle come to an end. I hope that this means that Earl can restart his career and play another five or six years at a Pro Bowl elite level and, and take the Ravens back to to where they belong, uh, contending uh, for for Super Bowls and and a really tough division because as I said the Browns are actually kind of good this year or maybe or at least interesting. Um, and you never know with the Steelers, so it's uh it's it's Earl will have plenty of opportunity um to to make a name for himself this year. Uh. I, I'm just excited to secure that bag, horns, and uh, hook them.
0: Yeah, I mean, Earl Thomas, you don't have to go too far to to figure out how we feel about him. So I've got a quick bang the drum, and then I'm going to do a little bit of a longer one. So, so quickly, just something that we have to mention and, and is very on brand for us. University of Texas by Fox Sports was named the second most recognizable sports logo in – The country behind the Dallas Cowboys, but ahead of Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, not just the teams in those leagues, but the leagues themselves. But uh, my bang the drum for this week, um, several weeks ago, you heard us talk about Texas signee uh, Darian Brown, who had a a medical event at school. He had um, a bit of a stroke, and and I've been following his recovery um, on social media and Man, he posted a video today, short sweet video, thanking everybody for the support, but it's just, it's incredible to see a young man um, who could, he would be on campus right now, participating in spring practice, um, and had one of the most freak things that could possibly happen, happen to him, had to go under medical treatment, and is having to relearn basic human functions. Um And he has a positive attitude about it. I get pissy when there's too much traffic and my coffee's cold. (laughs) And this is an 18-year-old kid that had his dreams postponed for a freak medical thing. And he is out there uh, trying to do his best and get back on track. Uh, I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to get emotional. But my thoughts and the continued prayers of everybody who listens to this podcast are with you, Darian. And we are so excited to follow your recovery.
1: Yeah, man. Nothing I can add to that. Just a just a, a great kid, and and it's it's weird, kind of the freak accidents and the parallels between you know what we had uh, in our basketball program two years ago, I guess now or into last year, um, and, and now with the football. You just these things shouldn't happen to these young kids like that. It's just it's heartbreaking. But to see to see that positive attitude, you know, like you said, it, it makes you strive to be a better person. So I mean everyone continue to support him. He give him, you know, give him the hook him in the prayers and, and um, you know, no, no matter whatever happens from this day on with the rest of that guy's life, um, he he's forever a longhorn. And, and, you know, I just fight the, keep fighting the good fight, man. Absolutely. But that's all
0: we've got for you this week. Kyle working good folks. Find you on the internet. Oh, you can
1: find me tweeting at croots at, kyle carpenter on the twitter machine just kidding hashtag don't tweet at croods um at kyle carpenter
0: you can follow me on twitter i am at gh Goodrich. you can tweet at the show uh, at longhorn pod you can choose an email longhorn public pod at gmail.com thank you so much for tuning in again this week and until next time hook em,
1: hook em.